0: Welcome, everyone, to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's autistic moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please visit the new today's TodaysAutisticMoment.com to listen to this episode and all previously published shows. The transcripts for all shows going back to February 2021 are available. Transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. While visiting the website, be sure to check out the guest bios and adult autism resources links pages. In addition, please note that my email address has changed to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Please send all emails concerning the podcast and or any part thereof to the new email address todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. Please join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can talk with other listeners and myself, get program updates, and find new friends. Please subscribe to Today's Autistic Moment's YouTube channel to view the last three Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions. On the first episode for 2022, my guest, Dr. Scott Forsard and I talked about the medical and social models of autism. The medical model is getting a diagnosis using the criteria of the DSM-5 to get the mental health and social support services we may need. The diagnosis is that we have autism spectrum disorder. The social consequences of the medical diagnosis of having a disorder are the stigmas that have been codified into society. David Gray Hammond wrote, Disorder is a social construct. When our minds don't let us meet the demands of societal normativity, we get given the disordered label. Autistic people are not disordered. It's society that isn't working. End of quote. There are three other words in the medical diagnosis that I think brings some societal residual effects. Those three words are neurological developmental disorder. The word developmental means that autism is pervasive and lifelong. However, what many will interpret the word to mean is that autistic adults are children that are not able to mature so that our behavior matches our age. I think this is why many do not see and respect that autistic adults are not children. I recently talked with a mother of an autistic son who is 25 years old. She told me that her son gets spoken to as if he is a young child. Sometimes people say to him he is so cute or use simplified coddle language when talking to him. Her son's experience is only one of many examples. There are autistic adults who are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s that are told by family and co-workers that they are immature or to quote, act your age. Other examples of how autistic adults get infantilized include the words you poor thing and or you are such an inspiration. Being infantilized is an example of ableism because it is microaggressive and suggests that people who do not think or act in a way that neurotypical people do at their age level are undervalued and should be treated like children. My guest today, Robert Allen Klaus III, was diagnosed as autistic within the last few years. Robert lives in Collinsville, Illinois and works in foster care in Springfield, Illinois. Robert is a regular listener of today's autistic moment who shared with the Facebook group that this podcast has helped him connect with the wider uh, autistic adult community. Robert has been a fantastic contributor to the last three Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions. It was during one of those discussions that Robert suggested that there needs to be a podcast about being infantilized as an autistic adult. Please stay tuned after this first commercial break To listen to Robert give some examples of how he has experienced infantilization and what that has meant for him. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com click on the episode you want to listen to and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA Choice, homemaking, and 245-D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services.
1: Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org.
0: Welcome back. Please join me as I welcome Robert Allen Klaus III. Well, Robert, thank you for being here on today's Autistic Moment. Um, I am so grateful that you've been following today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, and you have participated in, a, uh, I think, three different um, Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions this year and your your contributions are really great. So thank you for being here to talk about this important topic today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay, Robert, um, you introduced me to this idea last February, actually, about the matter of infantilization of autistics. And so to be sure that we uh, aim in the right direction, I entitled this episode as autistics are, adult sorry, autistic adults are not children. And I really like how we think about that because we are spoken too often as as I've said in my descriptions, children that just never grew up quite properly. So this is a great topic to talk about, especially as we begin to move into the holidays, which you know we get, sort of get the double double in- infantile talking here, but anyway. So let's begin with my first conversation, my first question. Um, What important information do you feel that autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about when we talk about autistic adults are not children?
2: Okay, let's begin with the idea is every, every autistic person has the capabilities to live a fulfilling life on their own or without constantly being overseen or coddled or helicoptered by right. a relative. Right. What, what every autistic person needs to know is there are tools, resources, and support out there that, that you can use to live your own life. But you don't, but sometimes Parents and loved ones who are overprotective aren't do, aren't doing you any favors. So it just just at the end of the day, what happens, you know, when they finally pass on and you're left alone? This is a it, this is an overall issue of this area that sometimes I think people are a bit short sighted and not understanding that. So every most autistic. I would say that every autistic person has the potential to live a life on their own, or at least live as a fully actualized adult. Mm-hmm. It's society might have a few more hurdles in our way for that or misconceptions that might hinder that, but the potential is there for everybody. Mm-hmm. You just need to know who you are and how, how your uh, autism plays out with you and how to best you know work with that. Let's see. And especially important is your care get, you know, your loved ones need to understand that despite from misconceptions, you aren't a, they might perceive you to be a burden or they might have a savior complex and thinking they need to always be there for you and look out for you. But in the long term, they might actually be hurting you and hurting themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, when I think of being infantilized, uh, in- um, however we say that word, I tend to think of someone who feels the need to put us in a space that looks like we're below them. They talk down to us as if we don't know better, and we, you know there are there is that stigma out there that autistics just don't know how to do things. So therefore they've got to help us learn how. I also think of it as, you know, um, for the sake of vocal tones and things like that, of, you know, them just, you know, making the assumptions that we only understand the simplest instructions or that they have to basically um, adjust, their language in a way thinking that we must not understand if they're talking you know talking to us on an adult level you know i think that's a good way to a good way to look at it what do you think
2: oh i absolutely agree with that there is it can be frustrating when someone you love or even respect decides to talk down to you right and we they think they're doing you a favor by doing so right And if you grow up in such an environment, there's the risk of internalizing that.
0: Yes. Yep. I totally agree with that. And then I think infantilization is also a matter when they also assume that they must do certain things for you without first asking you if that is something you would like them to do. You know, once again, they just assume that you just... we just don't know, so they've got to pitch in and help us do it, you know what I mean, um yes, yeah, 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 you know, um you know i I've had moments when I've had to remind people around me that you know, no, I don't really need you to make that decision for me, I just need more time to make it, you no, know? um, but once again, they' you know a lot of times the ableism comes in when somebody um, just assumes you must need help with something because we don't um, do things quite like they do. So like if we're having a moment when there's say an issue with executive dysfunctioning, maybe we're not you know, getting right at a task right away they will assume that they just got to pitch in and help because we just don't know what we're, you know, we're just not doing it the way they think we should. So therefore they just jump in and pitch in, that sort of thing. You know, oh, we, yes. I'm sure you can, you can think of moments when that's happened.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, mind if I share a few?
0: Go ahead, please.
2: Let's see. When I was younger, I was often, you know, spending time with a cousin of mine. Yeah. Now, as a bit as a bit topical, my cousin himself was ADHD, mm-hmm. and so we sometimes we did clash with each other. And one thing that always annoyed me with him was he he seemed to be of the idea that he always knew what was best for me. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm visiting the house, you know, relatives on the weekends. I want to watch television. Like I feel like you know, sitting in and watching TV his opinion was that, no, you don't know what's good for you. Come up with me and play outside. Okay. And we would often clash with that. Mm. Or that the idea is that he always knew what was best for me.
0: Right.
2: Because I was quiet, more quiet and withdrawn and seemingly detached.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and the, uh, the other one that is just as destructive is the one where someone will um, – they'll become ver- verbally abusive and just start to, um, you know, say, you know, <clears throat> you just must – you must not be interested in 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 socializing with other people you just don't want to you know you're lazy you don't want to do things like you should or you know or or even the other one that's just as bad i think is um you know you know you know better you just don't want to try harder things like that you know um i think things like that are are just are, are are what they are um sadly yes and growing up i
2: was often amazed and frustrated at just how personally my cousin and my sister took my lack of desire to be a so to be as social as Right. like there were like listen i like i'm fine in my room reading or i i just don't feel like being around people at the moment
0: right 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 you shared, on, you shared um, on my Facebook page that you were recently diagnosed, right? Yes. Yeah. Was there a point before your diagnosis that you knew that you, were, you had been infantil- infantilized, and or was there a moment after you were diagnosed that you realized that's what was happening?
2: I believe for me, the realization of the infantilization that I had suffered only really hit after the diagnosis.
0: Right. And what was that like for you?
2: Ah, uh, well, a bit shocking. Yeah. And like slight betrayal, like why was I treated like this? I mean, mm. I mean, yes, I growing up, I suddenly was not what 90s and early 2000s would be, quote, unquote, Normal, Mm. but I never. It's not like I deliberately went out to cause anyone any grief or harm,
0: right?
2: Yet so so many felt personally offended by my behavior and sought to treat me in a way that was a bit demeaning.
0: Mm. Yeah,
2: like like once again, I am sitting quietly in my room reading my book. What does it matter to you when I'm not going outside with you to play with the neighborhood kids?
0: Right. Yep. I know exactly what you mean by that one. Yeah, you know, um, one of my therapists uh, said that, you know, when you're you're diagnosed as as an adult, it rewrites your life history. And then you start to realize that's why I did what I did or didn't do what I didn't do. After this next commercial break, Robert will talk about how the misconceptions of autistic adults contributes to infantilization, along with the expectations of what a person as an adult should be able to do. We will talk about communication differences, including autistic speaking truth to power, and some suggestions with communicating with supervisors. Please stay tuned. Statistics show that over 90% of autistic adults are missing a diagnosis. Finding a therapist who can assess autistics is difficult enough. Getting the therapy you need after the diagnosis that will respect you as an adult who can be successful in life is very important. Kristen Math is a therapist and the owner of Therapy Dynamics. Kristen offers neurodiversity-affirming autism and ADHD assessment services to adults in Minnesota, as well as therapy for neurodivergent individuals struggling with depression, anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and relationship-building skills. Services are remote, professional, and reliable. They include a full written report. Kristen offers a person-centered approach to that helps autistic adults in Minnesota get the mental health support they need. For more information, visit Kristen's website at TherapyDynamicsMN.com or call her at 563-217-1010.
1: Self-direction has many different names self-determination consumer direction and even pdo but they all mean the same thing you are in control of your long-term care with self-direction choose what's best for you hire the people that you trust in some states they can even be your family manage your long-term care expenses self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options control your care and choose the support that is most important to you You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care, visit gtindependence.com. Does it feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking forward life coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, looking forward life coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With coaching one-on-one, Bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success.
0: The third season of today's autistic moment will begin on January 8th, 2023. The first episode will begin the theme that you will hear throughout the third year, the strengths and achievements of autistic adults. During that show and throughout the year, we will be highlighting the incredible tenacity of autistic adults as we work through our challenges and stigmas to achieve great things in our lives and in the world around us. The very next episode on January 22nd will be the 50th episode of Today's Autistic Moment. The 50th show will feature past guests, listeners, and sponsors as we celebrate this important milestone for Today's Autistic Moment. I invite you, my listeners, to become part of that episode by sending me a message to tell me what listening to today's Autistic Moment has meant for you. What are some ways that the podcast has helped you in your autistic life? Take a brief look at what your life has been like since listening to this podcast and send me a message to tell me about it. If you are a caregiver, tell me about how the podcast has helped you to better understand your autistic loved one please go to the Contact Us page at todaysautisticmoment.com and send a message ahead of the 50th show. Many of these responses may be read and shared on the 50th show. If you would prefer not to have your name mentioned, please indicate that in your message. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment.
1: Hello, autism community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based, a literal thinker, have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com.
0: Um, <clears throat> so, Robert, on the matter of um, autistic adults are not children, what do you see are the barriers there that really do apply that we should talk about?
2: I say just a wider societal stigma and misconception about autistic adults and autistic people in general. The barrier that we are incapable of handling the same stuff as a neurotypical person is. That's a very strong general barrier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that and, and and the understanding that just because we handle things differently than, say, a neurotypical person would, that doesn't mean we don't handle things as an adult. Um, Correct. Yeah. We might
2: have a different way to deal with it that we might not understand, but it's perfectly valid.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just uh, wrote a blog early this past week about how I think sometimes um, it's called um, who has the communication problems because sometimes I feel like I'm being as direct as I can, wanting a direct answer, but the person I may be communicating with is the one beating around the bush. And so therefore I have to try to disseminate what they're saying and if they're talking in vague language then i can't i can't really understand what they what they mean and just asking for a clarification just brings down the vagueness even more on top of on top of me if you will and i mean i feel like that's one of those spa- those places where where we are we are probably more adult than, than they are you know.
2: Agreed. Sometimes the um, use of double entendres, double meanings, failed meanings, can be tiring to deal with as an adult. Yeah. Like, I got got stuff to do, people. Just give me a direct answer.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. I want to know the information. and, and, And I want, and I'm looking for your information to make sense to me because the more mixed your messages are, the more difficult it is to... Feel like I'm getting an answer to my question. But, you know, part of being treated as adults, I sometimes feel like just asking for clarification, uh, we get this response as if, you know, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, what do you think of that?
2: Oh, absolutely. But I've noticed that as well as many times as a kid and as an adult, many many people have taken my directness for rudeness. Yes. It's not socially acceptable to be direct and blunt, but I just think beating around a bush and doing a little sidestep is a waste of time.
0: Right, yeah. And if, and if perhaps you're like me, that when you get the indirect response to a question that needs the direct answer, then it it becomes difficult to be able to trust whomever it is that's doing the communicating with us. You know, um you know um I, I think it's a good thing to talk about when we talk about barriers for autistic adults being respected as adults. Um You know, we're not looking for, you know, we're not looking for a thesis as an answer. We're just looking for the simple, most direct answer that we can actually put pieces of information together so that they make sense to us. And, um, you know, I hear things like, why are you hanging on every word that I say? Well, (laughs) you're the one that said them. Yes. You know, you know, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are some other barriers that you might like to talk about in this?
2: I'd say piggybacking off the um, way to communicate, just probably general office culture, mm-hmm. the small talk around the um, around the water cooler and the sometimes artificiality of it or the non-serious depth, like how like I would like to share my interests with my coworkers, but if my co-workers are viewing this just as a you know, clock in clock out then what's the point we're trying to build bonds with my co-workers now I've, I must stipulate really, at my current job this isn't an issue but in previous jobs this has been a serious issue yeah especially in standard corporate america where it's very much every minute is now cataloged which Uh. on one hand that might appeal to an autistic individual but on the other hand having it dictated to us could be the problem
0: right yeah Um,
2: we love structure but we love it when we build the structure
0: yeah yeah, and our structure is, is, is accepted as being a valid structure. It's not, it's not seen as being something derogatory or, you know, we're just looking for what's solid, what's, you know, what's meaningful. I have one barrier that I do think occurs more times than not is when I'm the autistic adult in the room and I'm having a conversation with more than one neurotypical individual and then they start talking to each other as if I'm not even in the room. That's, that's, like, that's like treating me as a child. Like you're not grown up enough to be part of this conversation. What do you think?
2: I hate that when that happens. Me too. Yeah, it's... Probably the worst case I have ever dealt with it was back during my ill-advised political campaign, you know, era, where it was quite common for someone I was talking to to just cut off a sentence midway with me and run off to talk to someone more important.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. Ex- I know exactly what you're you're thinking of. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, I know what ex- exactly what you're thinking, uh, you're talking about. I mean, um, there's this sense that I sometimes get to that when we're trying, when I'm t- trying to communicate something that I think is important, that, you know, um, if, the per- if the person or persons on the other side is having difficulty understanding me, then they will start talking to each other about what the problem is with me and again i do think that that's a great a great example of how we get infantilized infantilized, sorry um in such a way that you know it's like we must not be grown up enough to talk more clear when we're actually trying to communicate more clear but like i say the responses we're getting seem to be be vague with no, um, no end in sight. Um,
2: Another barrier I would like to bring up is sometimes I discovered at least for me as an autistic individual, this especially happened during my time in politics, I had the bad habit of speaking the truth when no one wanted to hear it.
0: Yes absolutely
2: in the realm yeah. of politics you do not save a hard truth no and as an artist, as a young autistic man interested in politics i couldn't help but bloviate the hard truth and right. as a result i quickly found myself ostracized and cut off from venues of advancement in the field
0: yeah 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 i, I, I know what you mean yeah there is the sense of um of you know i've gotten my share of of responses like you can't speak too much truth to power at one time and even though i might be trying to take care of something that i see um sometimes i get the feeling that the more they can keep the blinder on their eyes, as well as try to keep it on on mine, it's just they just don't want to hear hear it, and that's one of those things that that a lot of a lot of adults do with children. They just assume that what they're saying is saying like you know like the nice little boy, but they want to talk about it on a, in another way. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, these are some great barriers. Let's now return to the matter of self-advocacy. What steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs so that autistic adults are respected as adults and that we're not children? Um, I think, you know, it starts with, uh, I think, Making it clear that as autis- autistic adults are adults, and that, um, you know, just sharing our thoughts as best as we can, but also making it clear that we have something important to say. But I'll let you talk a little bit more about some ideas that you might have, or if you want to take off on what I said to start, that's fine with me. Go ahead.
2: Let's see. Uh, I think, as i said, alluding to my experience in the field of politics, sometimes the best way to advocacy is at the policy level, trying to find support or push forward an agenda and understanding of autistic individuals, or put bring up laws in place to protect autistic neuro neurodivergent individuals from mistreatment I- and misunderstanding. Let's, see. and essentially trying to find. Working with and supporting advocacy groups. Yep. Like one group that I do, that I actually give money to is the Autist- autistic self Adv- advocacy network. Yeah. Like I might not be directly engaged in their work, but I you know support them with a monthly donation. Yep. Yep. And m- even in like just in the workplace, being honest with your supervisors and coworkers about who you are how you view the world, essentially work with them, meet them halfway, help them understand you so you can put procedures in place. Mm-hmm. So that they understand, like if you're having a meltdown, just let it go through and you'll be back to them in about a few minutes, mm. maybe, depending.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what is that, What is it like in the place where you're working now? Do you find advocating for yourself to be a little easier? Yes, um, I do. Okay. Tell us why you, you find it a little easier. Tell us what's happening there. that might, And there are people in the audience who might say, hey, maybe I should try that. So give us some examples of what's happening there.
2: I work for a, I work for a foster care agency, heavily involved in the social service field. So already was a strong social conscience to the workplace. Let's see. Uh, I've always been very honest and straightforward with my supervisor, and we've worked out some. We've worked out procedures between us. Like, my supervisor, if he sees that I'm being overwhelmed or about to have a meltdown, it's like, okay, Robert, step outside, get some, you know, take a break, take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know recollect myself
0: yeah good yeah
2: like he doesn't get upset when I get upset he understands I'm just having a flood of sensory overload or emotional overload yeah. and yeah. I need time to self-regulate
0: exactly yep yep yeah and and you know um yeah I think that's good um so you've been able to establish a pretty good understanding with the people you work with about what your autistic needs are. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's so important and you are, you are so fortunate to, to have that in place. Um, what steps did you take in the beginning that helped you establish that? Was there some things you did?
2: Uh, one, I was, you know, first with my, my supervisor. I sat down with him, you know, first he like, okay, I'll be honest with you, I'm on the autistic spectrum. There are, you know, just be straightforward about it and explain, you know, like sometimes I get overwhelmed. So I ask, you know, for your patience and understanding here. And we came to an accord. Or like he understands. I said, he's, my supervisor has been working for a long time in different management positions. So he has experience in with a wide variety of workers. And he's also a very patient supervisor, which I appreciate greatly. Yeah, But I was just honest with him from the get-go. I'm autistic. Yeah. I might have a meltdown or freeze up. I just need you to bear with me. Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: what also helps is working in the social service field with kids he we there are no for have been autistic kids we have helped out in the past mm. so he has so he, yeah he does have hands-on experience and a, a bit of a more of an understanding
0: mm. and so that's an environment where you don't feel so infantilized correct um let me ask you if you can kind of give us some ideas about how you feel they have treated you more like an adult. What are some things that have given you a sense that you're, you're being addressed as an adult?
2: Let's see. Um, I have the same workload as everybody else. I'm expected to do the same job, all of the paperwork and visits. There's no limitations put on me yeah like they treat me as like any other worker as long as i get my work done they're happy
0: yeah yeah
2: let's see they take what i say seriously um i alluded before if i'm getting frustrated or being overwhelmed i can you know just step outside for a bit and regulate myself
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do it without question, without questioning you, without, you know, feeling the need to try to try to invalidate what you say. Rather, they just take you as you are, and not. Um, it sounds like they don't try to um, mark your behavior as somehow immature, which is what this has been all about. I mean, I've been in the introductions of this topic. I've been saying that. You know, um, you know, there are just neurotypicals who feel that they know better about who we should be and how we should be, and therefore it's their duty to teach us how to be more like neurotypicals and you know that's one of those ways in which we do get infantilized, you know um, assumptions made that we just don't know how to do things, and so they've got to give us. Their lessons, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah.
2: Let's see. I would like to bring up an example. Like I said, the work I'm at now has treated me very well. I love my job. I love my coworkers. I love my supervisor, as yeah. you know, as platonically as possible. <laughs> no, I have had jobs in the past where I was infantilized, mm-hmm. such as when I was working as a drug and alcohol counselor at a prison oh where where let's just say as soon as i had my first meltdown which hey, working in a prison environment is a very stressful job to begin yes with, mm-hmm. i was immediately cut off from a wide variety of advancements mm. as i was deemed, robert can't handle this job he can't handle that job
0: mm-hmm. yep
2: but yeah it, it was hurtful, mm. yeah. and not, not only was it management who said that. Some of my coworkers went behind my back and said, "Hey, Robert can't do this job."
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've had people that I've worked with who have done that in the past. I've had volunteer positions where I've done where that's happened in, in my history. I've been volunteering for something, and they will just say, "Well, he just can't handle this." And I mean, you know, it's a volunteer opportunity. It's not like I've, you know, signed up to do this as as an athlete, right? You know, yeah, I, I know exactly. I know what you mean. You know, and and I mean, on the job, it's so difficult. It is difficult to to advocate because of the environment that's run by a supervisor and coworkers who make judgments one way or the other. But, you know, I'm happy that you are in a place where you know that you are being treated well. Um, you know, how about communications with others outside of your work experience? Have you found some ways to help in those that you can relate to us?
2: let's see one common area that i find is a wonderful way that draws many neurodivergents to it is the world of tabletop tabletop role playing games like many people neurodivergent and non-neurodivergent can come together and in, you know for a few hours out of a week pretend to be someone else and take part in an adventure it's mm. a way of sharing finding common ground with ho- hobbies and subjects that we love
0: Mm. Yeah, like,
2: like even after my game sessions end, we'll sit for hours discussing comp superheroes, comic books, anime, um, a whole bunch of nerdy subjects. Yeah, I could go for hours about the edition wars for D and D, which I won't do right now.
0: <laughs> that's fine. No, that's great. Uh, I I think there's some great great material there. Stay tuned after this final commercial break as we thank Robert for his excellent conversation followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. Are you autistic and the owner and our host for a podcast that is by and for autistics? If so, I have a very exciting networking opportunity for you. I am cordially inviting you to attend a live virtual initial meeting to talk about the creation of the International Autistic Podcasters Association on Thursday, March 16th, 2023, At 11 a.m. to 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. During this meeting, we can talk about what we might like an International Autistic Podcasters Association to look like and what we could do. The Association members can share with each other what our podcasts are about, what is working well, what might need improvements, and promote ourselves and each other to attract more listeners. The meeting will be recorded with a transcript and made available on Today's Autistic Moment's YouTube channel. To read more about the meeting, go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash APA forward slash. Please share the news and link with any autistic person you know who owns and or hosts a podcast for other autistic people. If you have any questions or concerns, send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. The most important work that people do is take care of each other, and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and coworkers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612 824 Four three four eight, or visit us at lifesuperior.com/autism. On December fifth, Becca Laurie Hector returns to today's Autistic Moment to talk about managing holiday stress. For many autistic adults, the holidays are a time of sensory distress, seasonal depression, with social demands and all the music and holiday advertising that can stress us out. Becca Lori Hector, who was my guest for the Summer of Self-Care series, will give us some of her ideas about managing holiday stress to help us all enjoy them as much as we can. If you are An autistic who finds that the holidays are a sensory nightmare, please listen to my show from last November preparing for the sensory unfriendly holidays with Sefer James. You can find it on todaysautisticmoment.com. On December 19th, the final show for 2022 will be communicating with autistics. My guest will be Grace Ogden Parker. Many autistic adults get unwelcome lessons about how to quote communicate appropriately and quote from neurotypical people. Contrary to what many neurotypical people believe, autistic adults have our own languages as to how we communicate ourselves to other people. My guest and I are going to talk about the different ways autistic adults communicate with others around us. Neurotypicals are welcomed and strongly encouraged to listen and pay attention so that you might learn how we speak our own autistic languages. As previously announced, Season 3 begins on January 8th with the Strengths and Achievements of Autistic Adults. On January 22nd, I will publish my 50th episode. In February, we will celebrate Black History Month by talking to two guests who are autistic people of color I will again recognize Women's History Month in March, and of course April as Autism Acceptance Month. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Robert, this has been an excellent conversation and I think you've given some great ideas Um, and um, I thank you for this interview and uh, I look forward to talking with you again. You've done this interview now and then you've been in a few um, of my Autistic Voices roundtable discussions and added a lot of valuable information in there. So, um, you know, um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events with their links can be found on todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes will be perfect for autistic individuals caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism, and support autistic people. Classes will be held on December 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On Thursday, December 1st, beginning at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., the Autism Society of Minnesota and the Autism Society of Greater Wisconsin will feature a collaborative virtual workshop entitled A Kinder Approach to Challenging Behavior with presenters Kelly Mahler and Chloe Rothschild. Current behavior trends have an over-focus on compliance and external behavioral supports and fail to address the underlying needs that often lead to so-called challenging behavior. This workshop presents five key areas that should be a support consideration for every single person. Finding the why, communications, sensory needs, predictability, and a structured approach to emotional understanding. This workshop is filled with practical, evidence-based strategies, as well as first-person accounts from autistics and other neurodivergents. On Thursday, December 13th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Zephyr James will present a virtual workshop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Autistic-Friendly Holidays and Traditions. Many families rely on holidays and traditions to create connections, feel a tie to history, and share values. Gut often family traditions and expectations exclude autistics, whether because of sensory needs, disrupted routines, or confusing expectations. This session will help you explore how your autistic family member, or you yourself, can be a powerful force towards creating ritual and tradition that meets the needs of your family. It will include strategies for managing the overwhelm that often comes around the holidays, interactive practice for brainstorming traditions that work for your family, and tips for meeting everyone's needs. The Winter 2023 Virtual Sessions for the Autism Direct Support Certification classes will be on Saturdays, beginning on January 14th, 21st and 28th. These classes are perfect for job coaches, support staff, personal care assistants, EIDBI tier 3 providers, educational aides, direct support staff, day training and habilitation professionals, anyone who works directly with autistic individuals and autistic people. These classes fill up quickly so register as soon as possible. Go to AUSM.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have announcements for autistic adults and our supporters and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on the next episode on December 4th, please send them to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com by 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 30th. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to LookingForwardLC.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Therapy Dynamics. Go to TherapyDynamicsMN.com for more information. If you want your business or organization mentioned or have questions, About today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.